Hi, I'm Aaron Ashmore from Killjoys, and you're listening to TV Times 3. We sit glued to the TV set all night, and every night, why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of... Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 283. On this episode, we've got some cancellation and renewal news. Actually, a whole bunch of it that's popped up since uh, last week. Uh, and then we'll be talking about the series finale of Wayward Pines, and then also recent episodes of Dark Matter, Hannibal, Killjoys, and Mr. Robot. Uh, plus, we'll have some uh, TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 283. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Kyle Nolan from noreruns.net. And Mike Moody from tvipodcast.com. Thank you uh, both for uh, joining me on the podcast this week. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. And uh, Mike, thanks for having me on TVI last week. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Where we can uh, continue on our uh, Dark Matter and Killjoys uh, conversation uh, a little bit this week. Uh, yeah, I love talking about those shows. They're just getting better and better, but we'll get to them. All right. First up here, we'll, uh, we'll jump into the news. A uh, bunch of stuff. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, first up, uh, Adult Swim has canceled uh, chi- China, Illinois after three seasons. I've never seen this show. Did, did you guys see it? Will you miss it? I no, think I, I tried to watch part of an episode once and I quit after a minute or two. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't. I didn't like the animation style. And it just wasn't my thing. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, a lot of the Adult Swim stuff doesn't. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really work for me. So I, I never really never really watched it. But. Right. You know, I, I find that a lot of their – they have so many new shows that come out and they get canceled, and I don't think that they publicize a lot of them really well. Like I didn't even hear about this show until the cancellation. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're I'm like – and they did yeah. three seasons of it? <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean I'm looking at the animation right now, and it, it looks pretty neat. It looks it – looks, at least it looks different, which is interesting. So I don't know. Now that I've heard about it, I might actually go back and check out the first couple seasons. Plus, it's probably like fifteen minutes long or something. Too. Yeah, so. yeah, that is the that is the bonus of a lot of those shows. Is they're they're like a half a half hour show. And, yeah, they're super short. And uh, and then the seasons are usually pretty short, and so you could actually watch a lot of them pretty quick. Uh, next up, uh, BBC America has canceled uh, the game after one season, which was the uh, the spy thriller, not the. <laughs> Because uh, here, be yeah, like, did they wait, call wait. it the game here in the U.S.? Yeah, I thought it did it have the same name. name. Yeah, it was it called did. the game here. It was on uh, CBS, right? BBC no, America. Right. it was on BBC America. Oh, BBC and, America. Uh, okay. It was well, it was kind of confusing too because it didn't it didn't really make sense for what the show actually was. Uh, kind of, you know, that uh, they could have just called it Spy or something. And it would have made more. <laughs> It would have made more sense or something. Yeah, I guess Robert Redford already did Spy Game, so they couldn't call it that. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up, uh, Comedy Central's uh, Key and Peele uh, will uh, apparently come to an end at the end of this fifth season. Uh, that was uh, apparently everybody making the show knew, and they just finally told everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I love Key to, and Peele. I've yet to watch it. I oh, just really? never got around to it. Well, I, I've I've yet to watch like an actual full episode, but I've seen plenty of the sketches. Like, <laughs> that's what's great about you know having having Hulu. You can just watch you know you watch the sketches. 
you don't have to sit through the whole show with these kind of sketch comedy shows. Yeah, well, it's became the same, sort of the same as uh, you know any of the late night shows or Saturday Night Live. It's uh, yeah when it pops up on Twitter or in my Facebook feed, and I go and I just click play. <laughs> Yeah, you can just watch the 10-minute clip. Yeah, But uh, Key Peel is probably one of the few um, sketch shows that I, I would always make time to watch the entire episode. So I was kind of bummed that it's going away, but I'm kind of okay with it. I feel like uh, Keegan, Michael Key, and Jordan Peele have a bright future ahead of them in film and TV. So I'm sure they'll do some great projects in the future together and separately. So it's no big deal. We'll see a lot more of them coming up. I mean, they're in. They pop up in all kinds of other stuff all the yeah, time. Yeah, they're they're in Fargo last year, and uh, what a Keegan Michael Key will be on a Playing House again when that returns on USA Network. And that's right. But yeah, they were. I think they were like, between the between the two of them, they were on, like five different things last year or something. Yeah, and and they're super. You know, they're very popular right now. They're going to be in a bunch of stuff. I think I even read a rumor that they're rebooting the Police Academy franchise. <laughs> So that'll be interesting. Can they find uh, – Michael Winslow is probably free to, to join them for the sounds. I don't know. He might be doing La Valanchula 2 and 3. I, oh, one could only so. hope. Uh, spoiler alert. Does that mean that he, he doesn't die? <laughs> no uh, comment. Uh, all right. Uh, next up, uh, uh, FX uh, has canceled The Comedians uh, after one season. Uh, which I liked in the beginning, but sort of didn't keep up with. Not necessarily because I wasn't liking it, just because I guess with everything else that was happening at the time or whatever, it just wasn't. Uh, it it didn't make it to the top of the list, and pretty soon it was. I was too far behind. I thought it had some fun moments, but it, again, like you said, like it wasn't one of the ones that I was like waiting to see every week but you know josh gad is now free if they want to make um 1600 pen season two <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, i wouldn't say no to that i do i did like the 1600 pen joke in the... there, there was another joke they did bring it up again later on too wasn't it the first one of something about that it had a complete story like the first yeah. season had yeah. a complete story arc oh so they were like meta Jokes in there, yeah. Because oh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, because they played. They were basically playing right? versions of themselves. So, yeah, I obviously never saw the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it didn't appeal to me. I'm uh, I'm not a huge Josh Gad fan, and uh, I stopped paying attention to Billy Crystal after Mister Saturday Night in 1996. So, <laughs> uh, all right, and uh, uh, HBO uh, has renewed uh, The Brink uh, for a second season. So finally, something that uh, got renewed, which kind of a surprise. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have to the, say, like the it, critics have really skewered this one. It seems like they really hate it. I haven't seen it, but it, it just I looks actually, kind of over the top. I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I, yeah. I, I didn't understand why people like were hating it, and I was surprised to see it renewed because it seemed like it wasn't doing well. Anytime I tweet anything positive about it, I get a favorite <laughs> from the creator. So it's like, <laughs> so, so like he's always looking at all the positive stuff that's being sent, but it, I, I'm wondering if there's not a lot. Being being said on Twitter yeah, about you're, it. You're not exactly getting lost in the crowd. No. <laughs> yeah, this show isn't really in the conversation very much out there. Uh, it doesn't seem to have a lot of buzz, but uh, but you like it. So yeah, it was, it was funny. Just, then, the, right? Yeah, the only time you really heard about it was right in the beginning, and it was basically not going to watch any more of this. Like, <laughs> or yeah. It was terrible, or 
I like Tim Robbins and Jack Black. They're great. Um, so maybe maybe I will check it out to check to to watch them. Well, maybe you know maybe they figure some things out towards you know into the season or something, and uh, you know people just didn't uh, keep up with it. But yeah, it didn't seem like you were hearing much about it, or that you know that it was providing uh, much to. HBO for like keeping people watching like oh I'm going to keep my subscription because I can't wait to see more of the brink well I don't hear anyone even talking about ballers either and that has like the rock and that was already picked that was picked up a couple weeks before it that one didn't get a lot of critical love either because it was basically uh, everybody's hate for entourage just sort of spilled over onto onto ballers I I was disappointed ballers I love the rock and the ballers it's just kind of a boring show it's kind of like the rock is on vacation you know, I quit after the, <laughs> I quit after the first episode of that. And I was like – and just stuck with the brink. So Okay. Yeah. yeah, I only saw two episodes of Ballers and I, I quit after that. Yeah, I've only seen the first couple of Ballers. Another one that I you know fell behind on wasn't uh, there. But you can – while there is a, you know, some, a pretty good cast for the brink, so maybe mm-hmm. that's part of like they want to continue working with those people yeah. uh, type of thing. I mean The Rock – Right now, that seems like if he wants to keep doing a show on your network, <laughs> you don't say no. Yeah, it yeah. seems like it seems like you just keep picking that one up. Probably, yeah. You have a built-in that, audience that, right there. That that seems like that that'll do uh, that'll do pretty well. Except if you're TNT or whatever network that was that had his reality. Well, his reality yeah, show. well he needs to do obviously hero, he needs to do, true hero, yeah, or he whatever. Needs to do scripted fair. Uh, <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, uh, Netflix's uh, Lilyhammer uh, has been uh, canceled after three seasons, which is the uh, which is the technically the first scripted original for Netflix, but it never gets right. House of Cards always gets that honor because it was the it's one people have actually heard of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this I guess it was more good. of the, f- the, f- the 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 f- more of the like fully funded. Like this was sort of uh, one of those foreign shows that there was like a co-production right uh, so i guess they don't count it you know type of thing but then everything else that's a co-production now still gets considered to be <laughs> oh even if they had no production they import the show it's now a hulu original and it's some <laughs> uk show that they had nothing to do with uh, it wasn't exactly like that i think they did have something to do with the you know with the production of it but uh but yeah it, it wasn't like uh, you know where they funded it on millions and millions and millions of dollars like they did with House of Cards. Yeah, it was some kind of co-production deal, so it wasn't fully theirs. They shared yeah. the credit with some, with another production company. But they they called it a Netflix original, but then yet yeah. it wasn't the <laughs> – yet it never gets considered as being the first. Mm-mm. I always think that's funny. It looked pretty good. I never saw it. I, I love Steven Van Zandt in The Sopranos, so I'm sure he's good as a lead of his own mobster series. And it's set in Norway, which is interesting. So I'll probably check it out eventually. Hopefully, they um, did they get to to wrap up the the series? Do you guys know, or is it? I thought be hanging I read threads? something that it wasn't really wrapped up. But... Really, that's okay. Neither was the Sopranos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, TNT has renewed Rizzoli and Isles for a seventh season. Uh, seven seasons. Yes. <laughs> Why couldn't we get Franklin and Bash for seven seasons? Yeah, that's like, a fun wh- show. That was so much better than Rizzoli and Isles. Because sadly, not uh, in the sixth season or or in subsequent seasons, it didn't have six, seven million people watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 
this show's a pretty huge hit still, isn't it, for TNT? Yeah, it's, it's, it's still getting like six and a half million people watching it in, in this, this season that's, that's airing right now. That's massive for, for TNT. That's great. Uh, I mean, they them. did cut the order. Uh, they're only doing 13 episodes instead of 18. Uh, but then, you know, maybe they'll actually just play them all at once. I really hate the... <laughs> the, the summer season and well, winter season. And... Well, when it's oh, eight, yeah. when it's eighteen, it's not too bad because they might break it into like ten and eight or something like that. But when they do the fourteen episodes and they break it into like eight and six mm. or, or some such thing, where you got to wait and you know you watch ten ep- or eight episodes or nine episodes and then they come back for you know six or seven in in January February or something. I hate that that split of a of the show of of those shows. Yeah, networks do some pretty stupid things. That's why I watch. I just that's why I stream everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it, it it's it kind of. I mean, it was working well for TNT uh, there for a while because they were doing some of the splits where they were showing stuff during uh, you know like Christmas break and sort of the downtime of broadcast and stuff in December into January. Uh, so they were, you know, they were putting like the only new stuff. You know, they do that like with the closer or, you know, some of that stuff. Uh, but then they started doing the USA started doing it, too. Uh, but then the, these things got moved to where they would come back in like January or February. And you're like, OK, so I watched the show over the summer when there was less competition and I enjoyed it. But now you're bringing it back at midseason when I'm already interested in a bunch of stuff that started in the fall. Yeah, that's going to continue, and a bunch of other new stuff that's going to be starting up at midseason, and then you've got like the last few episodes of a season of the show, and you're just like, that's just too much. That's usually when I start dropping these shows. Yeah, <laughs> uh, all right, next up, uh, Showtime has canceled uh, Happyish after one season. Uh, this uh, more falls all along the lines of like what I thought would happen with The Brink is the yeah is the, got no critical love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never really heard much about it after it uh, aired. It sort of finished its season, and then you figured it would get canceled. And uh... Yeah, this was a show that Philip Seymour Hoffman was supposed to star in before he passed away. And yeah, then, uh... where everybody loved it. <laughs> the episode, you know, the first episode that they saw with with him back uh, yeah. before he passed. And then they decided to keep the – to re- revamp it a little bit and, and do it, and then it just didn't get the – it didn't come off the same. <laughs> well, I, I like Steve Coogan, but a show called Happy-ish should not make you feel depressed. <laughs> so I, I just I just quit it after the first episode. I'm like, That's I, the I ish. can't watch it. <laughs> That's the ish. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty unfunny. <laughs> it was no good. Which is, you know, not what you want from your comedy. <laughs> yeah, it won't be missed. It wasn't even funny-ish. <laughs> Uh, Stars uh, announced uh, that season three of uh, Da Vinci's Demons will be its last. Uh, seems to be a lot of things ending after three seasons here. Yeah. This sounded like an interesting show. I never saw it. Was it good? I don't know. I never I never even yeah. watched. It was one of those where I never even watched the pilot. Like, I usually at least watch the pilot of most stuff. Yeah. And I didn't even – it, again, like, didn't get uh, much critical praise and didn't seem like to be – uh, a lot of people watching it, but yet it's still. I mean, granted, anything that Stars does is almost guaranteed to get a second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they almost all, almost always do a second season of stuff. Just 
in a, in an attempt to, I think, get back their, uh, their sunk, sunk production costs. <laughs> to, you know, is, is uh, might as well uh, at least do a second one. I, I watched about half of the first season. I like what I saw, but it was one of those times where there's just so much on that I figured I'd eventually catch up, and I haven't yet. So <laughs> maybe with knowing it's coming to an end, I'll try to catch up. But it's a matter of finding the time. Yeah, maybe they'll be able to wrap it up nicely. Well, I'm guessing they're already done filming because I think it starts like in a. Well, hopefully they knew that. Suit. You know, yeah, yeah. That is one thing uh, I say it all the time that I hate about uh, the production schedule of cable shows is that a lot of them don't air anywhere near when they're filmed, mm-hmm. and so when they end up not doing well, and network goes, "Man, we can't really justify bringing this back for another season," but. So shows end up not getting, you know, some sort of wrap up or something like that because they, uh, you know, they didn't they didn't know, you know, yeah, it was doing didn't. well enough last season. Then for whatever reason, it drops off in the next season uh, when it airs and then they don't, uh, you know, they don't end up uh, uh, bringing it back. But but what will be back is Sharknado. <laughs> it's not ending at three. <laughs> Uh, the uh, we're going to get at four least a, more years, at least a quadrilogy. <laughs> this is news that I like. I love these stupid movies. What can I say? They're fun. Uh, yes. I, I don't. I don't watch any of the other sci-fi creature features, but I, I really like the Sharknados. They're just a lot more fun than the other ones. It's good stuff. Let's go to Sharknado Ten and beyond. <laughs> I, I yeah, I've been enjoying it. The fourth one, I think. Uh, the third one, I think they tried to shove too many cameos that it just became distracting after a while. <laughs> and it was a one big giant ad for uh, the Universal Studios yeah. team. <laughs> but so you call network synergy, man. Yeah. <laughs> network but the scene with the baby was truly astonishingly amazing, <laughs> and I could watch that over and over again. But. I'm I'm excited for a fourth one. I'll watch it. Are we talking a scene like the uh, a ba- like as as awesome as the uh, the beginning of Z Nation? It's it could be on par. It's 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 how the baby is born. That <laughs> <laughs> was quite interesting. I haven't seen it yet. I was out of town this weekend, so I didn't get to watch Sharknado three yet. Uh so well, only, no yeah. spoilers. Yeah, it's, it's only played <laughs> like four times, I think, or something I, like that. Yeah, I know there's a tornado and then there's sharks in it. That's all yeah. I know. <laughs> there's some pretty uh, amazing stuff that happens in this yeah. one. Yeah, last Wednesday, man, you could have watched all three of them right in a row. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I was busy watching uh, Mr. Robot last yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of which... Uh, we'll jump into that'll do it for the news, and we'll jump into the uh, prime time segment. Uh, and first up, uh, we'll be talking about uh, Mr. Robot, uh, hey. season one, episode five, EPS yeah, one point four say, underscore say <laughs> uh, exploits dot uh, WMV. Uh, I, I love those episode titles; <laughs> I think they're pretty cool. <laughs> I do like the episode titles that they they're they're all a different uh, video file name, yeah, uh, and that they put in you know some sort of uh, whatever comes after the underscore is uh, they put it in sort of uh, you know like hacker code uh, type mm-hmm. of thing. But whatever the word is, it usually explains like or or phrase it explains that's the actual title. Yeah. Uh, they they could have just said season one episode five exploits exploits yeah <laughs> and 
And that would have been uh, good, but they went to... Going to put in Leet Speak. Yes, but, yeah, but they went for the nice, uh, confusing uh, title so that uh, you go 1.4, how's that episode 5? Yeah. And it's because they started with 1.0. Well, why would you ju- why would you start with one point one? You got to have your one point Well, it first. makes sense within <laughs> like computer ease type of thing, but within normal one point one or something, or you know, or like one oh one or something like that is a normal way to uh, do like season one, episode one. Hey, this isn't your father's <laughs> TV show, man. They do things differently on Mister so, Robot. So yeah, they do uh, they do a lot of things uh, different, and uh, uh, but. Uh, We'll That's what with, I like we'll about it. you, Mike. What do you what do you think of uh, of Mr. Robot? I dig it. It's my favorite show of the summer, largely because it looks and feels like a creator owned series. You know, like this doesn't feel like TV by committee. This is one guy's voice or a few voices getting a particular uh, vision across. So it feels really fresh, really compelling. You kind of don't know what to expect from the show, and I like that. I also like Rami Malek. He's incredibly charismatic. Even though he's playing like one of the most antisocial characters to ever grace the TV. This past week's episode was pretty cool for a lot of reasons. But I like that we got to see Christian Slater's character, uh, Mr. Robot, kind of interact with other people besides Elliot. Uh, I know there's a theory out there that he's Elliot's Tyler Durden or that he doesn't really exist. But that's that's I'm behind yeah. that theory, too. Yeah, I, I think. Although this time he was actually like interacting with that one woman in the uh, in their little lair, so I don't yeah. know that that threw a well. That's a, that's a the thing in... about this one is is uh, I guess I don't know. I guess if you still see it as it's his alter ego, mm-hmm. uh, but but it, when you see it in the episode where his character actually gets up and goes over and bumps into people and and steals mm-hmm. the ID, right. And then comes back and is sitting next to him. And then you see him interact with other people where they, you actually could tell they're, you know, especially when they got back, you know, that he's throwing the keyboard around and, and right. trying yeah, to get her to what, stop. That's where, it was that part that it threw my theory out of. That's out where of it doesn't seem to work bef- anymore yeah. because the whole point of the being sort of the Tyler Durden is that you never saw them on really like interacting with each other. You saw one or the other pretty much, and it it made it seem like there were two there. And then when you go back and look, it was it was really just him. That was his alter ego at the time. He was yeah. The the scene in this episode that made me think, okay, maybe he is real, was when um, Mister Robot and the two other hackers were hiding out in the van, and Elliot was inside the complex, and uh, something happens, and the two. Other hackers, I forget their names. Uh, they're like, "Oh, we got to pull out. We got to get out of here." And then Mr. Robot tells him, "Calm down. Everything's going to be fine." And then they change their attitudes right away, and they're only responding to him because he's the only one there. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, so see, I was I like, ch- "That that couldn't that can't be Elliot," you know, saying that. But go ahead. See, I have the complete opposite reaction of that whole car yeah. scene. Like the whole time, he's just talking to Elliot. And he's not talking to them at all. And, like, all the conversations seem to be going uh, – like, I just took it as maybe they're listening to to Elliot 
and he's talking and sometimes he says like the Christian Slater stuff and sometimes he says his own stuff but because mm-hmm. the whole time he's not even touching them or interacting with them he's in the back seat they're just doing their own thing yes. and I, I that whole scene I thought it was this is definite proof that he's fake and then there was the keyboard smashing scene which threw that away but yeah. uh, I'm I like still that not completely convinced I, I like that it's kind of making you guess and wonder about this, but it does it without feeling too confusing or gimmicky. It kind of just pulls you in more. I like that. Yeah, but I almost think they need to – it's starting to feel weird though where you have these scenes like uh, previously at the bar where it clearly seems like the bartender doesn't even know that there's somebody sitting next to him. Yeah. <laughs> even though he has a drink yeah. and everything. But yet – you know, but yet he, they walk out together, or they, you know, they walk out at the same time, and you know, Christian Slater opens the door uh, to go out, and you know, and so it it's starting to get a little annoying. On the, uh, I'm hoping that the the scene when they got back, and you know, the going back and forth there is the that's the proof of that he's an actual character. Yeah, I hope it they may make it. Uh, it may make it, it less interesting <laughs> overall. Yeah. Like, uh, but uh, but after a while, you can't. You can't have it both ways. Well, you, with yeah, you can't. You stuff, can't continue but... to do it uh, without telling you one way or the other. And then if if he isn't real, uh, then it's a little. It it becomes a little less interesting because you now know that he's not real. Right. Uh, and but then if he is real, it becomes a little less interesting too. But yet, it's something that you just can't go for a like it works for a period of like a movie uh, type of thing. But on a on a weekly basis, it starts to. Uh, I want to be paying attention to the story and and what's going on, and not trying to see if somebody's making eye contact with the robot <laughs> right. or, yeah. if or, or yeah, what's I, going I, on. Like that. There's only so far they can stretch that. I, there is going to be a reveal. There has to be some kind of reveal coming up or some kind of shoe has to drop pretty soon, whether it's whether or not he's a real character or whether or not Elliot's real or because there's a lot that's in the question in this show. Like, you know, when you're when you're with Elliot, are you seeing the world through through his eyes? So are you really seeing the world correctly or are you seeing a version of the world that's slightly altered? There's a lot of questions as to the reliability of the narrative on this show, which is interesting. Yeah, one, one other thing I found interesting about this particular episode, I liked how they took like the idea of like a computer exploit and stuff and then – they brought it into like the real world. Like these people are trying to figure out an exploit to use on the actual people because they, they don't have access to the, to the technology. So they have to exploit the people. Like they have bill, the, the guard who they're trying to find his weakness. And then when they swap in that new woman, uh, they're like, we didn't prepare for her. And they're quickly trying to find some way to exploit her and, and (laughs) get her out of the way. So I I just found that really interesting how they, they were doing that. Yeah. I like that. They forgot to uh, check Facebook to see that they actually had had the baby (laughs) already. (laughs) And that was what they were going to use to get her to leave. Yeah. Was to text her that the baby was on the way. Uh, that that's a good point, Kyle. They, I mean, uh, this show has mostly been about you know people sitting behind computers and and doing that kind of stuff. But to actually bring it into the real world was a smart move, and they they did it really well. And the the way that 
it was so devastating the way that uh, Elliot had to uh, inflict the same kind of abuse that his mother inflicted on him to the guard. I thought that was pretty pretty hardcore. You just kind of wanted to hug that guy after that happened. Yeah, I did. I did like the. Well, it was also well. That was also one of the moments that made you go, uh, "Is Mr. Robot real?" Was when he started to apologize, and he goes, "Don't apologize." Right. And you're you're like, other than like knowing what type of character Elliot is, <laughs> that he probably would want to have apologized. It's like, how would you really know he was about to? See, I just was about to took do that, that as like it's it's his inner conscience telling like well, fighting between saying. the two is, personalities. Yeah, is is that is that's the type of scene that sort of fits within that? But yet there were so many other times where Mister Robot actually interacted with people, and to me, if you see two people sitting next to each other and one gets up and bumps into a, bu- a bunch of people, and all those people seem to recognize that he's actually there. And then he comes back down and sits down at the table next to the other person. It's to me, that's hard to say that that's just his, he was just watching his alter ego. He was just watching himself do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause he, he definitely doesn't seem necessarily like the, he would be the, a good pickpocket necessarily himself. So those are the type of scenes in this episode that may, you know, there was a bunch of them to me that made it feel like he was actually, uh, Mr. Robot was actually interacting with lots of other people, and they were interacting back. Where a lot of previously, it seemed like the only interacting that where anybody was interacting back was with Elliot. Uh, you could go back to a lot of scenes, even at the you know the arcade and stuff, where it seemed like Mr. Robot was just sort of there, and the only person that recognized anything that he said was Elliot. You know, it was like a like like an alter ego or his inner monologue talking to himself, and he was just, like, seeing it personified. Uh, but this episode seemed to have way too many things happen in it that, uh, I don't know, it, it you'd have to have a really interesting explanation to walk it back. Yeah, <laughs> into... yeah. yeah there have been scenes before where Mr. Robot, they, they head into the old arcade, and Mr. Robot just goes over and, you know, plays Mallard Murder or just hangs out by himself while everyone else is talking. But in this one, he was really engaged. So it definitely makes you question what's going on. And then they like, and then after he upset the girl, then Elliot had to go and console her. So then it seemed like he can't just really like suddenly switch personalities that she's going to suddenly like, Oh, he just attacked me. And now all of a sudden he's being nice and wants to console me. So that's where it it seems like there may be two of them, but right. You think they'll reveal it this season? I hope so, because I, I, well, I really want him to be fake, but I hope they just <laughs> at least like say one way or the other by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want him to be real or fake, but I, I <laughs> like I said before, I know some there is going to be some kind of reveal. I'm sure that something we're watching is off or not real, whether it's him or not. I don't know, but there's something going on with the narrative of this show that we're definitely going to see revealed sooner or later. It definitely seems like there's probably going to be, you know, something that uh, uh, that comes out like that. But uh, I just hope it's something that they they're able to sustain. Yeah. You know. Uh, s- yeah, it could flame out sort of on a horribly. Yeah, on a you know like a, a Jane the Virgin uh, level where you're just like <laughs> they made it a whole season <laughs> and you're like a 22 episode season with that uh, and it, it never really faltered and so you're yeah. like. Uh, you know, this is obviously on a shorter side, but 
you know, certain things get revealed or, or you have some sort of big, you know, some sort of big thing gets revealed and, you know, does it change how the show, you know, it show works. But, but yeah, there's certain things though, that after a while with these types of shows, the longer you go, the, before revealing something, the better the reveal has to be. Otherwise yeah. it, it feels like a huge letdown. Right. It could have been, you know, you could have like a really good idea that you could do in like episode five, but if you wait till, you know, sometime in the second season or something, then you just feel like that's what I've been waiting for, you know, type <laughs> yeah. of thing. And uh, yeah. it, it, that ha- that seems to happen more often than not when the these uh, when they go for these big concepts, you know, these big ideas or big mysteries uh, on these types of shows and stuff. And uh, but I think uh, I think we're all uh, quite uh, in- enjoying Mr. Robot and uh, would uh, uh, recommend it if you haven't been watching it. And oh yeah, we definitely. Should, you know, <laughs> Go and watch it and tell us whether you think Mr. Robot is real or not. Yeah. No, it's 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 a great show though. It I mean it's only been five episodes, but those have been some really solid five episodes. But yeah, really the acting it. is the acting is fantastic. Uh the whole like you know, the whole mood that gets set with the the opening sequences of yeah, the show I'm even, and I'm and, even car- I'm even caring a lot about the side characters, like the women in his life. Uh, like you said, all the performances are great. The cinematography is is um, it's feature film level. I mean, this thing looks great. Yeah, it's just uh, definitely definitely worth checking out. And uh, we'll move on to the next show on the list, uh, which is uh, Wayward Pines. Yay, uh, Wayward Pines! Season one, episode ten, cycle, which was the uh, series finale. This was or was sh- it? Or now they're saying maybe not. Well, that's so. the thing is this is – it's such an annoying uh, little thing is that at different times I've read stories that say – like when I first heard about it, I go, oh, OK. It's based on a, a, you know, a set of novels. There's three of them. So there's the potential that you could do you – know, the show could go you know, maybe three seasons or, you, or however many seasons, but you have – you know, since they're doing shorter seasons, you know, whatever the time frame uh, that you cover, you know, if it's only cover a few weeks or whatever, you can cover multiple seasons, you know, like a lost situation, you know, where you're five seasons in, it's only been 60 something days. Mm-hmm. But then you hear, oh, no, it's it's the limited event series and it's it's self-contained. Uh, you know, they use stuff from all the books or whatever. Uh, and it's just a, it's just one thing. Uh, and then you hear. You know, later on they go, uh, it's not going to come back for a second season. And then you're just like, wait, when was it going to come back for a second season? <laughs> and, and then and then to hear, well, you know, or could it come back for a second season now? And you're just like, oh, give me a break. It's uh, I think they could. Well, as I've, I've listened to the first book and the first book is definitely the first five episodes. And I've started listening to the other two books, but I, I think it does. Like, I think the other five episodes are just what's in the other five books, like uh, other two books just cut mm-hmm. down. So I think it always was. This is all the material that we have. We're writing the season to be this material. But it does end in such a way that you could either like go back and explore what happened in those three years that they jump or what happens now afterwards, like what uh at the, what happens at the end of all of this, or you yep. could even go back and do like a prequel or something and well, see what happens. You could go back and you could do Ethan's son is now Ethan. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to figure out how to get 
I wouldn't want to see that version of the show. That kid is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a weird thing. In the book, the kid is much, much younger. So I, I'm, yeah. in, I'm still in the book. So I'm still interested to see how it differs from how this ended. But, uh, I mean, overall, I, I really enjoyed this finale. I, I like how it came full circle back to how it all started again. At least if you're going to have an only season, it's sort of like, even though it's not, like an ending ending it's like a a nice ending to the narrative well that's a normal storytelling structure is you end where you began yes uh and so it it does do that where you know it's different but yet the same but yeah Yeah, i I don't know all along though like i i kind of enjoyed the show there were some good performances uh within it but some of it it did feel like there was too much of a jump between like episode to episode of like what was going on or 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 who knew what, uh, and and I, who yeah. who was, uh, you know, like what side people were on, or like what people's agendas were. Totally, uh, yeah. They, they really inconsistent character motivations. Uh, yeah. They seem to switch around, like uh, especially like the teacher. Like at first, you're just like, what does she do? Like, yeah, she wants to get these kids together and and stuff like that. But like after uh, they got, first off, that that always bothers me when. Uh, somebody builds a bomb that's supposed to be able to take out a giant fence, and then it barely takes out a truck and doesn't kill the two kids that were sitting right next to it. Yeah. Uh, so. and, and then it can – oh, no, they use four of them or something yeah, to take you know, down the elevator, which happened to be so convenient. The <laughs> elevator went down instead of just blowing up. Like, I, Couldn't he have just dropped the bombs in the elevator and exactly. climbed down? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to sacrifice myself so I don't have to be in the next season. <laughs> but, well, I, I, the thing with the teacher – Apparently, they liked the actress so much, she was only supposed to be in one episode, and then they extended her. So that could also be part of the problem <laughs> they weren't, that yeah. they liked the actress and decided to write a whole bunch more stuff that didn't really wasn't really part of the original plan. Oh, okay. I thought the show had a lot going for it, especially with the great actors like Matt Dillon, Carla Gugino, Toby Jones, Melissa Leo, even Juliette Lewis was really good in those first few episodes. But yeah, the character motivations, like you were saying, Jason, just came – kept shifting and it kind of didn't make any sense like why would um the leader of the uh of the town who's played by toby jones okay you want to pacify the town and 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 you want you don't want anyone to know what's going on why do you put matt Dillon in charge who all he does is run around town telling everybody what's going on (laughs) when he yeah when he tells you that you know you need to it's not what you're doing is not working. You need to do something different. Yeah, and the and you yeah you just keep leaving him in charge. Uh, but also, I didn't get the. It's like yeah, I get the backstory of the first generation that they put out there. Once they you know found out what was happening, they they couldn't handle it, and right. and like they all they all off themselves. So they're trying something different with Group B, but obviously that wasn't working. But yet. It it seemed like at that time, instead of like turning everything off and like wiping out the town and then waiting for them to migrate and then starting over again with Group C, uh, it seems like maybe you do try again. Finally, you know, with people wanting to know what's going on, uh, you know, finally tell them. I mean, what's the difference if they end up offing themselves or you just do it for them? Uh, I think Pilcher was just. Like just an insane guy that too much pride. I like, think he had lost his. it like over time or whatever. Yes. Like he had just uh, uh, 
uh, he just you know sort of completely lost really what he's doing. But it it never, uh, but it never quite made sense uh, with uh, why he would do some of the stuff. And then you know like his sister finally you know came around to like you know this isn't the uh, this isn't the way to go. Uh, but yet they had indoctrinated the you know the kids that and gave them their own bunker. Which also made no sense. Why did the kids like, like you were saying with Ethan? Why would they bring Ethan in? Why did would they let Ethan's son come back when he knows everything and he's obviously like not gonna follow them? Like, why would they even bother to wake him up? Like, just let him either yeah. kill him off or let him sleep forever? Like, because yeah, then they couldn't have no the sense. scene of the guy coming out <laughs> of the grown up kid with the ice cream cone coming out as the sheriff. <laughs> Yeah, it, I don't know. There were just uh, a lot along the way. There were there were just a lot of things that didn't quite uh, uh, didn't quite make sense. Like like the whole thing about like he tries to tell a few people, uh, but they don't believe him. And you're just like, well, in the midst of this, it seems like a, you know a trip to the fence <laughs> or or something. Might be a way to uh, alleviate this, but it's like, no, there's no time for that. You need to tell me where all your people are or whatever. And you're just like, no, the thing you need to do <laughs> is you need to show their leader, which finally happens, you know, but it's way late uh, by the time she, you know, they see the old video footage of, you know, from the old bunker. All right. I don't know. There was just a. Uh... The show was, I mean, it was just like the writers were like, wouldn't this be cool if – wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Well, wait, that doesn't make sense. Who cares? It's cool. Let's do yeah. it. But, but, that's how I pretty much felt watching the show. Like I could yeah. – I, I think like, – I was just thinking this is so cool, this show. I can yeah, forgive me, all these like weird things yeah. that so, are yeah, happening. Well, ultimately but. they had like an explanation for a lot of this stuff. But I still go back to that scene in the beginning where Ethan tries to drive out of town and he uh-huh. just sort of ends up in a loop. And I go, what technology has – help that happen like that... why didn't he just run into the wall yeah like why yeah wouldn't he just sooner or later just end up at the wall like it, it doesn't just is there some technology that launches him back and just automatically turns him around and and sends him back through town that was the type of stuff where it was some where that seemed like oh that's cool and that makes you go what the heck is this town and then later on when it's all just it's way in the future and yet technology is not super advanced or something that just that's just one of those things that i go back to that it was like uh that was just something they put in there to try and make the town seem weirder than it was yeah uh, my take on that was it's just the road was just a big circle and he just kept driving <laughs> he was driving so fast he didn't realize that he went around a big loop and exactly and came back <laughs> well i mean I, I could buy that because in the especially in those first few episodes, Matt Dillon played the character like he was still in a coma, you know. <laughs> he, he just kind of had that "what's happening" face. But if they do do a season two, I would love to see a new cast. You know, this cast was awesome. I mean, they had some some great names in here, so it would be pretty exciting. If they did season two and and they got you know just as good a cast. You know, some some film actors in here. Hopefully it won't be like a true detective season two or, you know, <laughs> the, the season two cast is not that great. But, you know, hopefully they can do better than that. 
There's still hundreds of frozen people that they could just wake up. There's got to be some celebrities in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, where you could make actual cameos, like turn it into a Sharknado. Where there you go. <laughs> you just, why not? You're just like – It's halfway there already. You're like, so. wait, why did they take Justin Bieber? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I suppose, you know, they're, they're creative people. They could figure out how to do another season – but you either have to jump you either have to jump further into the future or you have to you know or you tell a story between where they showed you at the end and but then you sort of know where things are going or maybe there's another wayward pines yeah <laughs> that's true there could be cuz uh, what's his name is still out there somewhere that agent like that's they right. could have him find some other other town that's doing stuff wayward pines texas <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I would I would just rather they done a better job of like this is a thing. It's you know it's going to be ten episodes. <laughs> Enjoy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, but which, you know after after under the dome, it's like all bets are off. If something if something is um, successful and it, it's a one season run, yeah, they're going to beat that horse again and do another season. Yeah, well, know? the under the dome one is just weird to me too with that one because the way the season ends, it's clearly. Not, uh, uh, you know, where it goes. And so they made a decision way early on in the writing of that they were going to do a second season because the way the first season arcs out, it's obviously not. Yeah, this one at least has an ending. If it was to not come back, at least it had an ending. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, the, yeah, Under the Dome, they like they made it sound like you were going to find out everything about that dome. This is a limited series, and they obviously bailed on that once they saw how much money they were making. They're like, we're not going to ever answer this. Although, according to the press room at Comic-Con, we're supposed to find out what the dome is. What's the deal with the dome? Yeah, by the, the end last of season episode three. of this season, which they claim like the season premiere was – or the third third episode or something was supposed to tell you all that which they never did so uh, i right. don't trust them <laughs> all right let's move on to the next show on the list which is uh killjoys uh season one episode six uh one blood which uh they end up uh, on the trail of uh, quite the little weapon so we'll start with you uh, kyle what do you uh what are you thinking of killjoys I'm enjoying it. I don't think as much as you guys. Um, I actually prefer Dark Matter, but we'll get to that one later. Uh, but I, I think this episode had a lot of like fun stuff. It was nice to see more of the the Killjoys, and I really liked uh, Fancy, that guy, uh, and his dynamic with the uh, – that's his name, right? Fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, his dynamic with the rest of the the group, how he's he's willing to do the dirty work that and be the bad guy when they don't want to, uh, like when she can't shoot the guy because um, now he's got a kill warrant on him. Uh, so, and there's a lot of humor with him, and I, I hope they keep him, bring him in more with the group. But yeah, I mean overall, I'm enjoying the show. It's not as humorous as I would have liked like it's he there's a lot more seriousness to it um than than i thought based on the initial um like trailers and stuff that we were gonna get but i mean overall um i'm still enjoying the mix of the action and the and the humor and the drama how about you mike i like this episode a lot i love how this show is expanding the world or the universe really so much like Kyle was saying, just bringing in the other Killjoys, bringing in a character like Fancy. 
just expanding that world. It's doing a great job of that of the world building. It just show just keeps getting better and better. And I do think it keeps getting funnier, even though it, it grows it's growing darker. You know, the show is just putting its main characters through through tougher stuff in every episode, but it still has that sense of play, that sense of humor. You know, I really dig it. I think uh, I didn't think I was going to like this show so much, but it just keeps getting better. I, I'm really surprised by it. Uh, at first, I was a I was uh, more of a fan of Dark Matter, but as Killjoys has gone on, it's it's just proving to be a much more ambitious and more interesting show. One other thing, like we were talking about in Mister uh, Mister Robot, how like you could see him interacting with stuff. The yeah. one thing that bugged me in this episode, when the guy's supposed to be like this, um, yeah, like not really there. I'm watching, like a, and he's yeah. like brushing up against uh, brushing up against trees, and stuff's moving. And then <laughs> yeah. at one point, he even goes and like high fives a tree. And it's like <laughs> he shouldn't be interacting with any of the stuff that's there if he's just like a projection. So that was bugging me. Like I couldn't not. Watch watch and not look for that as that was happening in this episode. They did have a little trouble of having the projection walk through the forest yes. <laughs> type of thing. And because, uh, yeah, that was because you would think if it's a projection of him that if he's following along, he would have to be like walking wherever he was or something. I don't know how the technology works. Yeah. And how would he be able to man- manipulate the matter around him? Or, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, since he, He's not supposed to be there, but uh uh, but I did like that they brought in, you know, they brought him in more and that they're now sort of going to be trying to get her completely out of what she thought she was, you know, had gotten away from. I like that she finally told them what was going on. That was good. And that John knew a little bit, uh, but, yeah. you know, that uh, she sort of filled in Davin and, you know, gave a little bit a little bit more of, of what's going on uh, and that they need to, uh, you know... They need to do something about this, uh, but it also made it interesting in like what, what exactly does this guy know? Like, what group is he sort of ahead ahead of that he uh, that he knows? He's obviously not from the quad, which that was also since everything's sort of based in the quad. And you know, when he shows up, she, she's like, "What are you doing in the quad?" Which obviously means there's other places uh, right. besides uh, this area. Uh, I still uh, hope. One day that we'll find out that the company in the quad is one of the corporations in Dark Matter. Uh, it seems like they could easily put these two in the same world. That's uh, that's 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 one of the warring warring corporations. Uh, but uh, I I like that they you know they expanded that out some more of like he was after this weapon, but you're not sure like why. Other he than, almost seems scared of it. Yeah, like, is it targeting his blood type too? Well it, like, could, well, it could target anybody's blood type. All you needed is to get some. All you needed was to get some sort of a sample, apparently. And so it was, uh, you know, why exactly did he, you know, what was he exactly scared of, or you know, who didn't he, you know, he didn't want the corporation to have this type of uh, weapon. How good or bad is he actually? Yeah, it seemed like they were almost trying to make him a gray hat, you know, like somebody who you'll eventually root for, you, you know, that. Why you you don't like his methods, you sort of come to understand, like, why he's doing mm-hmm. certain things. But, yeah, when he actually, you know, when he actually put hands on her and then she stabbed him a few times and it didn't seem to. <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> See, at seem first to I do... was wondering, is that the projection? But then yeah. how is she touching him? <laughs> 
and oh, so and, I still wasn't sure what exactly happened in that scene. Uh, so, so yeah, that was uh, you know exactly what uh, how much you know or how how good is his training that he's able to walk away from a stat <laughs> uh, being stabbed in the gut a few times. He has a he has a lot of ab muscles because yeah, it, it definitely didn't work for the dude on True Detective. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this guy didn't piss himself. Yeah, and so I I, I still. Uh, I'm really enjoying Killjoys probably a little more than Dark Matter, although uh, Dark Matter continues to grow on me. But I like how they keep expanding out, knowing more and more about the, you know, the universe. I still don't quite, even after watching some episodes a couple times, and and here we are, six episodes, I'm still not quite sure, like, when they mention an area... I'm like, where is like, where is that? What is a, yeah. you know, what is a Kreshi? What is like, what are the? I still don't quite have all the dynamics of what the different warring type factions are, and and uh, exactly. But I do enjoy the group dynamic of these three, and when they're out, uh, you know, on whatever mission, and that's for me, that's the show, uh, and yeah. I, I like that the I like the character stuff they're doing there. Uh, and you know, then they have the action and the fun stuff, and then but they're they're continuing to expand out the the overall story, which where in this case this mission is one that ties directly into the bigger overall story. So you know, some are a little more tangential, some are a little more. So I like when they do that in these types of series where it gets incorporated in more along the way, where it's not just a tacked on at the end of an episode or something like that yeah uh, a lot of what's going on some of their interactions with things uh all along keep uh keep the overarching story going uh and then this one really tied in you know more into like what the what is the company up to you know what are they what are they going to use a weapon like this for you know where you can wipe out you know in an area you can wipe out a whole line <laughs> with it so you had mentioned the character dynamics. One, I forget if it was Fancy or or the uh, other Killjoy guy who mentioned it. I really hope they don't go towards like a love triangle with Dutch and and the two brothers there. Like I, I hope they don't go that route. No, it seems like the love triangle is going to be the one brother, the Doctor, and Dutch. Yeah, it I seems think like that's what I mean, they, yeah, they 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 seem to be going that way a little bit because uh, at least on the. It's not. It's not necessarily him. It's. It's her. Seems to be flirting with uh, with Davin mm-hmm. more more often than uh, like Davin seems to be keeping his his promise to John of not to, <laughs> of not to pursue of not to pursue her when they're going to be uh, working together. But I did like the you know the one guy where he was like, <laughs> you know why there's not a lot of <laughs> of teams of three, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know that added some, but I did like his explanation of uh, of his of what he provides for the group, uh, the overall group, and then you know what he has to you know then how they wrote it in what he he ends up doing at the end, and then sort of the look on John's face of like, yeah, we kind of do need, no. <laughs> you know, this kind of a guy around apparently, and uh, that almost a little feeling bad for him, like that this guy is taking on the sort of hated position of having to do these these types of things and not be liked and, you know, be the, the guy off in the corner by himself. But he makes really cool weapons. Yes. Like, <laughs> he does. Yeah. All right. I, I think uh, we're all enjoying Killjoys to various levels. And uh, 
We'll move on to uh, Dark Matter. Season 1, Episode 7. They're really clever on their episode titles, which is titled <laughs> Episode 7. <laughs> At least in our title, Episode 6, to confuse yeah. you. Like. <laughs> well, it's titled Episode 7, all spelled out, you know. Oh. So, uh, as opposed to, I think... Uh, V-I-I. Well, no, well, I think I think Humans is uh, Episode 5 with a numeral 5. <laughs> yeah, so... They are very clever with the uh, some of these shows with their episode titles. But, uh, Mike, you said you started out liking uh, Dark Matter more. Where are you at on the uh, the Dark Matter scale now? Uh, I still like it, but uh, it just seems – it's pretty clear that this is going to be the less ambitious show when compared to Killjoys. But it's still a lot of fun to watch. Uh, this episode was fun. Ruby Rose is pretty good. I hope she comes back. Somehow, even though they cut her head off, uh, she was fun. I really liked the way the show deepened the character of three with this episode. I thought that worked really well. That was unexpected. Uh, I thought it worked really well. And, you know, we, Jason, when you were on the TVI podcast the other week, we were kind of ragging on Zoe Palmer's character, like <laughs> that she's not doing she a great job amazing. as the android. She was great in this episode. She was so funny in that scene with all the different accents and just the way she was so jealous of uh, of the other android. Yeah. She did a great job. I, yeah, I did think that that was funny and that uh, also that the one was it a uh, five. Uh, she was she was like and who and you say you, you don't you're not. You know, you're not funny or whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Humor. It's all unintentional uh, sort of humor. But still, some of it that bothers me is like, I swear that she tried to make a joke previously, knowingly. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, she says she doesn't have a comic subroutine. Right. And so that I was like, didn't she like purposely try to make a joke? And it, you know, maybe that's why it failed. Yeah, she didn't, <laughs> it didn't work. Right. <laughs> I did like the the voice thing and the sort of being uh, jealous of the of the other one where you know she's basically saving the ship and they're all they're all just like oh this food tastes really good yeah uh, type of stuff including like she had like unzipped oh it was it, I I I've never laughed out loud at the show before but that scene when she has her shirt unzipped and yeah. she tries the Australian accent just to yeah. win them over yeah. like I just lost it and then when she breaks into all the other ones and then finally Jamaican at the end I, I just <laughs> I, I just lost it yeah I, me too I, mean, I was like I'm I'm actually laughing at this show it's it, great it was funny and it and and I think she did do a good job of it, but it still left me wondering what they're going for with this android. I still, at the end of the day, I still don't, I still don't quite get like what the what what exactly they're going for with. Yeah, her with capabilities it. and motivations make no sense whatsoever. But she was really fun in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care why she, suddenly she can do jealousy, but I'm all yeah. for it. And she's that much fun, like. During these, uh, during the episodes, when she she does become jealous, I mean, they kind of did a hand wave with it at the beginning when they were talking about the new android. They're like, "Oh, she's only programmed for entertainment. She can't do anything around the ship to, you know, fix the ship." And then one of the characters goes, "Well, she's an android. She can learn." So that's kind of a hand wave. Like, okay, if they're if they're acting differently, they 
quote unquote learn, you know, like Arnie and T2, I guess. <laughs> well, I also found that to be a bit of a hand wave when they're like, oh, they call that accent Aussie. That's the default because <laughs> yeah. like, they didn't want her to have to do another accent. But then they actually worked it into the story yeah. like later on, which I thought was great. But originally I'm thinking, oh, OK, they're just doing this to explain why she ta- doesn't talk like the other one. And that that scene made me wonder, too, you know, her her accent, they call it Aussie, of course, Australian. And then she's like, I can play different types of music. Do you like dubstep, classical? It's like, well, does this show take place in an area where Earth is around? Yeah. You know, because we still don't we still don't know when or where this takes place. Like, is it a long, long time ago in a galaxy far away like Star Wars? Is it our future? What is it? it or whatever, wherever it's taking place, uh, you know, uh, the same things have Except you know there was an an Aussie planet somewhere right. instead yeah. of uh, uh, in, instead of you know a country planet with a bunch of crocodiles and kangaroos. Yeah, on. did they? Yeah, because every once in a while, yeah, you're just like this is a big old space thing, and then all of a sudden they're talking about something uh, that's totally like Earthbound. Yeah, you know, like the totally. I can't remember. There was something else too where in the episode that had that same thing where you were just like, really, would that be a thing? In in this in this universe that they're in, like what you know, yeah, like is did they all come from like Earth and they've just they're just out in the galaxy now? Because there are no uh, in the in these shows, there's no real like alien races. They're all sort of they're all human, you know. uh, And so while they, you know, while like in Killjoys, they have from the different you know different areas of the quad they have you know they're different cultures and stuff they're still all humanoid you know type of thing there's no uh weird alien type type cultures and but in dark matter it you don't seem to have uh you know like the uh the guy that is, is supposed to be on the run from killing his father uh and stuff you're just like well where like where is this kingdom of which he comes from yeah, is it a planet? Is it a town? What what is it? it, is, you know, it so there's there's some of that type of stuff that uh, every once in a while I go like like you said, where is this taking place? Like where are have they just sort of projected a lot of things that are happening on earth that are now these things have all happened uh out in the, in this galaxy in various places, you know. Yeah. And uh yeah, so the, it's there's some 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 stuff like that that's still but overall I enjoy the episodes, uh, and you know, I, I think they're doing a pretty good job of bringing the character stuff along. Uh, yeah. Like you said, uh, uh, I thought Anthony Olympke was really good uh, he was. in this ep- episode, and you know, sort of bringing. Well, he's the the only part of his personality that he seems to remember is being the jerk. Yeah, <laughs> that at a, at a certain point there was a there was a time where there was something that actually made him think a, a little differently about. Uh, you know what his life was like and what he was doing. Uh, so you know, I think they're doing uh, some good stuff. It looks like next week's episode is going to be revolve finding out more around six or something. And, and so I think they keep doing a good job of telling you some of, more and more of the backstory uh, of these people, where they're yeah. you know they're learning about themselves as well, but yet all trying to do. They all seem to have decided that as a group they're trying to do better uh somewhat yeah and uh and so I think it's an interesting i think it's an interesting uh 
sort of story to tell. I, I, I think it, it works more. I think Dark Matter works more on just some of the character stuff. I don't have any idea really like what the over the overarching stuff is. Uh, like, uh, you know, who was yeah, the, it that programmed this this thing yeah. that, that put it well, on? But, like, I don't even remember. Like, has, is that a, somebody that's been mentioned before? The mystery it to figure out who they are doesn't really yeah. seem very, very pressing. Yeah. Well, they said his name was Cyrus King, and they all seem to not know who he was. So I don't think we've seen him before. No. Except he's supposedly dead. Like, they thought he was dead or something. So. Oh, right. Yeah. Is he really dead or like and what did they do? Like they kill apparently killed his whole crew, so he wants revenge, so That's a good storytelling engine though. You have all these people who don't know who they are traveling around the universe and they have a whole bunch of enemies and people who hate them and, and they don't they know have, why. They, they, have, they don't know why and they have no idea who the enemies are, so they can be attacked at any level at any time. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and they and they have like the you know, like the one guy that uh has you know seemed to have sent them on jobs and they're just like well we'll keep contact with this guy because he's the one guy that seems to have some knowledge of who of who yeah, we were even and, though he uh, stabbed them in the back yeah. <laughs> that's a fun show yeah i think uh I, well i'm liking the uh i'm i'm liking the killjoy's dark matter like double feature yeah you know on friday nights i think it's it uh, uh you know watching those back to back is is become uh it's become pretty fun and uh, move on to the last show on the list. Uh, speaking of fun, <laughs> uh, Hannibal, Season 3, Episode 8, The Great Red Dragon. While it's the middle of uh, Season 3, it's really the beginning of its own sort of – they did sort of half seasons uh, of the show. And so you get uh, – I think it was you know seven episodes uh, now, and now they've taken a three-year jump and – uh, the last six episodes of the season tell the the Red Dragon storyline, uh, and uh, man, <laughs> the show, just the the whole mood of it, the music, how everything warps together. Sometimes you're not quite sure exactly what's going on, but you can't not look you know, you can't look away. Like you're just completely absorbed into this weird uh, world that they've created. Uh, where even the like uh, the 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 pouring of like what like milk or cream or whatever and he's there of the making of the pudding yeah uh, is is like the way that it's shot and everything everything just the the way they put this together is so uh, is so amazing that I hope that somehow they're able to figure out a way to keep this going at some point it, it yeah, really would be disappointed if it if this if it comes to the end here. Uh, it's just such a fascinating thing to watch. See, yeah, I, have, you know. I have the complete opposite reaction to this show. <laughs> like, I I really miss Brian Fuller's happy, fun, bright, sunny like shows like Pushing Daisies, even Dead Like Me, which has dead in the title, was a happier, funner show <laughs> yeah, than well, Hannibal. <laughs> well, they 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 did have a, more of a, a dark humor of it, but. Pushing Daisies was bright and cheery in the way that it was shot, but it wasn't really <laughs> like. But it had basic... like the whimsical narration, <laughs> and, like. <laughs> yeah, it was more like Hannibal meets Jane the Virgin. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and... I'd watch that. <laughs> There's definitely some whimsy in Hannibal, I would say. You know, it on the surface, it's it's pretty dark, 
you know, uh, gory stuff. But there's always a sense of play there with this show, I think. I think it's a fun show. I do think uh, – yeah, I did like, like the, the – like the pudding yeah. that I mentioned. When, yeah, <laughs> when he's exactly. Like, he's like, when you served this to me last time, what was in it instead of cow's blood? <laughs> he goes, well, it was a cow. Metaphorically speaking. Yeah. <laughs> I liked uh, – uh, that whole scene was great between Hannibal and Chilton. I liked how Chilton kind of broke – almost broke the fourth wall a little bit when they were talking about uh, the Tooth Fairy Killer where he said the Tooth Fairy Killer uh, connects more with people than Hannibal ever could because <laughs> Hannibal <laughs> Hannibal's aesthetics are too fussy and uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 he's not very mainstream. You that know? Was a, yeah, that was, that was a very uh, like meta reference to like yeah. the show in general. Definitely. I like the first half of the season. I know a lot of people – thought it was more a little too artsy and abstract and it, it definitely was those things is that what you'd say kyle uh, i think like <laughs> i i definitely think the show is way too artsy like i hate the the murder v- vision type of scenes that um oh i like those like because it's it to me that's way too artsy and i can't re- half the time i don't even understand what's going on but like i did like the last episode of that half I thought at least that was interesting to watch. I, I marathon like episodes four through through seven or something, so it was like a very dark. Uh, <laughs> so you uh, were binge there. So you were wow. huddled in the corner Sunday night, <laughs> just like rocking, rocking like a baby. And well, by the time I got to episode eight, I'm like watching it like. I always forget this is actually based off of the books. Like, I always think, oh, these are just characters and they're making up their own stories. But as I was watching episode eight, I'm like, this seems very familiar because I've seen the Red Dragon Mm. and I recognize this type of scene with the tattoos and the guy exercising at the beginning. I'm like, they did this exact same scene in that movie. Yeah. And then uh, and that's like that pulls me back in. Like, so maybe I'll like this Red Dragon because I've actually um I actually know somewhat the story, but like the other ones, I, I like, I, I would agree with you. I'd like another season if they could actually get the rights to do uh Sons of the Lambs. Cause I'd be interested in seeing that. Cause I know those characters and I know the story. So it would be interesting to see another take on it, but I just haven't been really been able to get into, into this show. I keep getting pulled back in for podcasts and press rooms and other <laughs> stuff to catch up. Well, hopefully you'll like this second half better since it is based on the Red Dragon novel. And, you know, the this first this first episode of the Red Dragon arc was pretty much in a large extent like the first act of the Red Dragon movie that you were talking about that Brett Ratner did. A lot of the scenes were, were the same except, you know, there were little twists here and there. Of course, it looked a lot better than that movie because, uh, you know, Brian Fuller and his directors have – just amazing visual style like you were saying, Jason. But it definitely does have less of a abstract, artsy uh, you know, story. There's definitely a, a propul- propulsive plot to the Red Dragon story. Yeah, I think it's getting back to a feeling a little bit more uh, like the first couple seasons. Yeah. While it might not have uh, you know, necessarily – even in the first season, there was almost like a murder of the week that they were sort of doing, yeah. and whether it tied in with the, uh, you know, the Hannibal storyline or not, uh, it it all sort of revolved around that. This will be mainly just one, uh, you know, if there's subsequent murders from the one thing uh, that they'll be doing. Uh, so it's sort of an an arc 
a, a bigger arc, but feeling a little bit more like the previous seasons than the first part of this season where you had, you know, you had the guys from the, you know, the corner, the lab, the lab guys, you know, back in, in the episode, you hadn't seen them at all. Yeah. Uh, and they, they provide some of the, uh, you know, I know I need the, them for the humor, <laughs> the humor and whimsy <laughs> yeah, they're in, funny. in the show. What'd you guys Someone think just... of, uh, what'd you guys think of Richard Armitage as, uh, the tooth fairy? I thought it was really good. I mean, the, the only thing I've really ever watched him in mostly is, uh, uh, you know, Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. But Thor and Oak, isn't he Thor and Oakenshield? Yeah, in The Hobbit. Yeah, I, but I never watched any of The Hobbit movies, so. Oh, really? What? That's 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 the only thing I know him from. <laughs> I, I, I saw him in the original uh, pre-Cinemax season of um, Strike Back. Yeah, he was, in, oh. he was in that too. He was awesome in this. He made such a huge impression, even though he didn't utter one you know word of dialogue yeah kind well, of... very physical man like he had yeah, to definitely so good he had to definitely get ripped <laughs> to, yeah uh to do that uh but yeah that's that's what they do though on this show with the they created a scary you know sort of monstery character uh that you know is obviously messed up and is hearing noises and sounds and whatever uh and that apparently he thinks that uh, if he goes out and takes out a family, it'll make it go away. Uh, but that you know they create without him, you know, all with him like looking in mirrors and uh, mm-hmm. you know work, you know, doing his uh, his workout or getting the tattoo or uh, all this stuff. Yeah, it was uh, it was it's what Hannibal does. I mean, <laughs> they just the atmospherics that they create. Uh, and and where they you know how they bring Will back into the story, you know it's it, it's all just very interesting. And I and while at times during the first part of the season I would get lost in the artsiness of it, uh, I'm I'm sort of glad that it's back to even though it still has that high art you know form to the way that they portray stuff. Uh, I'm I'm glad that it's sort of back to a little more of what we have come to expect yeah it seems like the artsy stuff with this episode is more in service of the story instead of just being you know uh the crazy florid visuals just because they're crazy florid visuals yeah. you know <laughs> yeah yeah I think, but i'm ex- I think, i'm excited about this season it, look, it looks uh about, about this arc it looks really it, cool it seems like they could have aired the oh, now that's moved to saturdays they could have just like aired this as like three like a three-part miniseries or something yeah. here, these last episodes, like in pairs or something. Because not much happened in last week's episode. Like, it really just sets up the the Red Dragon story. Yeah, that's true. It was just kind of a, a tease a little bit. Yeah, it just, uh, it, yeah, it was all set up to get everybody, you know, back in, but it still had a lot of interesting stuff that happened within it. That, uh, I mean, it was, it's, it's definitely coming out at a more serialized arc where it's not a full story necessarily. The full story will be the six episodes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, this may be one of the, one of the few segments of the show that actually would be worth binging <laughs> because it, mm-hmm. it actually does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's sort of all one longer uh, story. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope they, you know, figure out a way to possibly do more. Uh, I've never heard of anything that has more convoluted uh, rights to it than the various <laughs> <Yeah>. novels that, <laughs> yeah, that really. make up uh, 
the Hannibal series. And so, you know, they've been using Red Dragon. They've been pulling stuff. Uh, you know, if you I, I've never read the book, but if you have uh, there, there's been stuff all along that's been, you know, even dialogue and mm-hmm. and seg- segments that's been pulled right out of the book, just put in a different uh, time frame. Yeah. Because it's the only book that they actually have, pretty much like the uh, the 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 hundred percent rights to. Well, you were saying like any character that that originated in Red Dragon, they have the rights to. Everyone else, they have to like pay like a rental fee per episode for that character to bring yeah, them they into were, that episode. Yeah, if they were from a, another one, but then like any character from Silence of the Lambs, like they can't use it. You know. Yeah, because they won't give them the rights. There, they can't. Because they, they wanted their... to do their own series, whoever owns the rights, but who knows if they ever will, but they don't want to... Yeah, I guess as the up. story went at ATX when uh, Brian Fuller was talking about it, he said that uh, uh, was Galmont came in and made a better deal uh, for Red Dragon and sort of took it out from underneath, who is it, that Fox or whoever that uh, that has the rights to Silence of the Lambs and that they were, that they had almost gathered the rights to all of them and that was the last one they needed and because they were going to do their own potentially do their own Hannibal you know or TV series within that world Mm. Uh, and then Galmont came along and took it took it like out from under them and so there's sort of like bad blood in between of ever being able to uh, sort of I guess use those other things uh, you know but you, you you could always still tell the similar story you just change the names have been changed to because we don't have the rights to the <laughs> you know, type of thing. Look, this is Harvey the Cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the outlook for a Brian Fuller penned version of Silence of the Lambs taking place in this continuity is, is not good. I, I doubt that's going to happen, even though it would, be, it would be great. But it's yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, because they already sort of did their own little take of that. In some oh. respects, when they brought in Miriam Lass, yeah, yeah. that that character uh, in the yeah. early on, and so they've they've touched on a lot of those those themes and stuff with the yeah, they uh, did. Even if they couldn't do the exact same thing, I would still be interested because a lot of what they've been doing, uh, like this is the first time where they're really doing something that's like fully from the books. Mm-hmm. That they have, they've a lot of what they've been doing is it almost feels like they've been creating their own backstory to some of the, to some of the, you know, their own stories for these characters uh, that happen, you know, before the book, uh, and uh, you know, sort of like leading into their own thing. And so they, I think they could, they could create their own stories going out of it, <laughs> you know, going forward uh, in this world that they've created. Uh, yeah. They're, I, they're, I would- they're clever love- enough people that they can still yeah. hit on a lot of the similar themes and stuff like that, that they of things they don't have the rights to without, uh, you know, having to use the exact same things. Even though uh, a Silence of the Lamb arc would be pretty awesome. Yeah, I would love to see them bring back the character of Miriam Lass and do a Silence of the Lambs type arc with her. I, and I think fans would would be on board with that too, even though she's not, uh, you know, Clarice Starling. She it would still be good. She she'd be a good surrogate for that. Um, and who played her? That was Anna Klumsky, right? Yeah, yeah, Anna Klumsky. Well, all right, that'll uh, that'll do it for Hannibal and uh, for the primetime segment this week. And we'll move on to uh, some uh, TV recommendations. Uh, first up, uh, my recommendation is uh, Humans on AMC. 
Uh, I just find this show completely fascinating, mostly for it's kind of a, a good bulk of it is like a family drama, but I just uh, it's set in the future where uh, basically the latest gadget is to have uh, an android. <laughs> uh, speaking of androids, uh, but the but the performances on this of the people play, the people they have playing the androids are just phenomenal. Oh, you believe these people are androids? Like it's amazing. Yeah, Jimma Chan playing Anita slash Mia. Her performance of being sort of this, you know, android that ha- had consciousness, uh, but then got like basically rebooted. <laughs> And a, a new program running, and the old one's sort of like hidden in the background. And every once in a while, she sort of comes out, so she's not exactly the same as every other uh, android robot running like a similar program. But the the mannerisms, uh, where they all look human, but yet they they seem just slightly robotic. The I don't know if it's uh, what they do for if they give them some sort of uh, contacts or something, but the look in their eye. You, is is usually the thing that you can make out. Even the ones that have sort of a, even the handful of ones that have a consciousness, uh, that have feelings, you can still they still have just a just a little hint, uh, and the of that they're actually you know an android, uh, you know trying to be human, and uh, and then the ones that are just straight out android, I, I just think that the way the way that they've gone about the performances on this show. Uh, whether you're engaged by the overall story uh, that's going on, I'm fascinated by the performances of of many of the actors on the show, especially Jimmy Chan as the the main one. And then they even have them like they're an android pretending to be an android, but they're really conscious. And it's like it, they just the nuance is just really well done. Yeah, where all of a sudden they have yeah, where there's there's different. Different, or there's the one uh, that has a consciousness, but like can't hide it. How I like sort of happy-go-lucky that he is. It's it's like it's it's running at, at two. That he it's it's hard for him to like blend in. Like some of the other ones are able to blend in as human, uh, but his is like running at you know too high, so he's not able to blend in as human. And so they have like a different range of spectrum of the of the ones that have consciousness. Uh, and, and then, you know, the, it does have sort of an interesting backstory of like who created these things and who created the consciousness. And, uh, you keep finding out, uh, various people that were involved in this. And there's some, you know, some interesting twists along the way. Uh, if you haven't been watching it, uh, I highly recommend uh, checking out, uh, uh, humans on AMC. It's only five, uh, episodes in as of, uh, as of last night's episode. And uh, it's just a, it's sort of a just an interesting world of like kind of taking a look at what a potential future could be like, because there's a whole group of people that are like against the androids. And then you have like the apathy of like the teenage daughter that's like, why should I study and go to school? The androids do everything, you know, yeah. type, <laughs> type they of do thing. a really good job with that family that there are so many issues in that family that keep coming up. Like this week's, I won't go into details, but this week's had like a really interesting fallout. And and I well, I I also really like uh, Catherine Parkinson uh, from uh, from uh, the IT crowd. Who plays the mother. She's really she's really good, and all the different things they've got going on in that family. 
uh, and then with one of the creators, those are like the main. Uh, and then there's there's a there's sort of a cop storyline that they're looking into some things, and then there's sort of the group of these five androids that have been given consciousness. That's their storyline, and then there's this family that ends up with one of the rebooted ones that's you know used to have a consciousness, and then a storyline with uh, uh, one of the original creators of of the androids. And uh, they have it starts out with a really interesting storyline with him, and he's basically bonded with this android that he's had for years, but the android's starting to break down. And you know, normal society, they're just like, well, we're just going to give you a new one and and recycle it, but it's not like an iPhone. You know, it it has sort of a personality and it, it talks to you and stuff. And so it's it's a gadget that in some respects becomes more than a gadget. And it's, I, I just find the whole, everything about it very, just a, a fascinating to watch. So uh, that's the high, that's the highbrow recommendation. <laughs> What's your recommendation, Kyle? <laughs> and speaking of fascinating to watch, oh. if flying sharks in Orlando aren't your thing, <laughs> then maybe you like lava-based arachnids attacking L.A. in Lava Lantula, uh, sci-fi's uh, latest uh big saturday epic uh it just aired this past week on sci-fi it has uh steve gutenberg michael winslow uh and all of the famous people uh that have uh huge careers right now (laughs) (laughs) uh it's like a mini police academy reunion uh there's also ralph garman uh and i can't remember the actor's name the redhead kid who's like in every 90s movie uh about kids playing sports or doing something and uh, I, I just found uh, maybe because I was watching it like 1am but I found this movie so entertaining like yes it has like really 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 bad special effects you could probably make a drinking game out of people diving from an explosion in slow motion but it's really I found it really entertaining and fun just like your typical uh, sci-fi monster movie um, and they're supposed to be re-airing it uh, this Wednesday, so probably the day that this podcast comes out, um, you can set it to record. I think it's like at nine on on Sci Fi, but I highly recommend checking it out. Even if you didn't like um, Sharknado, it's a lot of fun. You'll see lots of like '80s actors that you, uh, <laughs> you used like, oh, to enjoy. Oh, I remember that guy. <laughs> I remember that. There's lady. even an appearance, uh, a Sharknado reference in there, um, <laughs> as well as other like police academy references and some other stuff. It's just I don't know if you like these fun, uh, these fun, sci- low-budget sci-fi movies. It's one of the better ones I've watched. All right, and uh, how about you, Mike? What's your uh, recommendation? Well, I'll definitely be watching La Valanchula and Humans. I haven't I haven't seen Humans yet, but it's on my list. But my recommendation is season two of Rick and Morty, which just premiered yesterday. Premiered Sunday, July twenty-six. Airs Sundays on Adult Swim and. If you like season one, you're going to love season two. Season two is just as funny, if not funnier, weirder, darker, crazier. Um, it was at ATX Fest uh, a couple months ago where um, the creators of the show, Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland, uh, debuted two of the episodes uh, from season two. And I love season one. It, it was one of my favorite shows of last year. But these two episodes that they showed from the, the upcoming season – were two 
they were definitely my two favorite episodes of the series. They just blew away everything in season one. So the show is just getting better and funnier. They really know what they're doing. They're getting a lot of support from the network. And I think it's just it, – it's definitely a, a Dan Harmon project. It's really no holds barred. It's really very experimental. But it, it, even though it's so crazy and weird, it, it all just kind of uh, makes sense. And I think it's really easily accessible to uh, to sci-fi fans and comedy fans. So if you haven't seen it, you, you need to watch Rick and Morty. It's so funny. All right. Uh, that's uh, that's our recommendations this week, and that'll bring the podcast to, uh, to a close. Uh, as always, you can find uh, links to our uh, recommendations and more information about those, uh, as well as the news stories we talked about, and also where you can uh, find Kyle and Mike uh, online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 283. Uh, next week, I will be joined by Leah Baker from nicegirlstv.com and Aaron Peterson from uh, the Blacklist Exposed and the Hollywood Outsider podcast. And uh, so it'll be it'll be myself and two new people on the, on the podcast uh, next week. Uh, I'm trying to, uh, this year, at least uh, once a month, on average, get somebody new... Uh, into the rotation. So Mike is, uh, is uh, July's edition of <laughs> a right. new person on the podcast. And, uh, and I'm, I can't remember if I got anybody. There was, I think there was a month that I didn't get anybody here. So with two next week, uh, I'll be back on uh, at least having one uh, uh, per month. Uh, and with that, uh, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. And uh, thanks again, Kyle and Mike, for joining me on episode 283. Thanks, it was fun. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.